Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Uh, the Raiders were kind of hard, unfortunately, because there's no 35-year-old draft prospects this year. I'm ruggedly handsome. Um, I have kind eyes. Actually, I want to hear you try to. I want to hear you explain this analogy. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Draft Nerds? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. I'm one of the writers at Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Chiefs Draft Show coming at you with less than three weeks until the big week of the NFL Draft. Uh, This is normally the part of the show where I remind you about three great shows that we have going uh, all through the draft season uh, on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're with you on Fridays. Uh, the Arrowhead Pride podcast with Joel Thorman, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker Sean Barber on Wednesdays. Uh, and this is, I I'm normally mention the uh, the Chief in the North with Seth Kaiser on Mondays. I'm not going to do that this week because Seth decided to go on Twitter and say that I was the least handsome member of the AP Chiefs draft show. Uh Yep. Seth is good at breaking down a lot of things, um, including this this draft show. And what can I say? Um, I'm ruggedly handsome. Um, I have kind eyes. I'm salty. Uh, uh, no, I was uh, joking around as well. If you follow us on Twitter, um, when we were going with with that exchange, you know, Seth. Seth, Seth is, a, is a nice guy giving me that W because Ken here has got like beautiful family, gorgeous wife, beautiful son. And last week I recently um, just got ghosted. And if you're not, that could be like a dating term of the week, ghosted. <laughs> and what that means uh, for all of us out there that maybe have been out of the game for a while, um, it's if you're talking to a nice young lady and maybe you invite her out to get drinks or for dinner and you go somewhere like, let's say like Tom's Town. And you order yourself a, uh, a an old fashioned in anticipation for this for this lady to show up, and she never shows up. Um, so I told myself I wouldn't cry. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, so that's I, I needed that win. I needed that win this week. So I appreciate that, Seth. Go listen to his show. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay petty because I. Uh I was I was very I was very distraught. You know, I've I've worked to keep this blogger body off. The body of a reader. I've I've started to grow facial hair to maybe try to catch up to you. And this is this is what I get. I I just get, you know, thrown under the bus. Uh so uh yeah, don't listen to uh the Chief in the North podcast on Mondays with Seth Kaiser. Uh guys, we have a great show planned for you today. A lot to talk about. Um several different things. We're going to talk about three different prospects that went on the draft miss list. And I actually went through this week and built the perfect scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2018 NFL draft. Um, and it's 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 a pretty extensive list of, of, all, of a lot of things that could potentially happen. And then also I have um, I have given AFC West teams players I don't like. So this is kind of a way for you to see the players that I'm not a fan of. Uh, it's the obviously a, a, a way to see, you know, kind of the ideal scenario I would create for the Chiefs. 
And also, Jake, I'm not going to tell you who I gave to the Packers. It's going to be a draft miss present for you. Early draft miss. Yes. You know, we're at that like point in the season that it is kind of like Christmas. And when you realize like, oh, my gosh, it's close, but it's not that close. You almost have to like temper your enthusiasm a little bit and kind of like put yourself in check. As I was leaving my house today to come over here, I was just getting like really giddy about the draft. But it's like, Jake, there's still almost three weeks left. Calm down. It'll be all right. Like you got to get through this. I'm like, Um, I'm like equal parts excited, scared, nervous. Um, There's so much stuff I'm trying to get done before the draft starts that I'm just, I'm, I'm scrambling for time right now. Just trying to get through all these prospects and stuff. I don't know about, I don't know about you right now, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, were you the type of kid that wanted to like open your gifts early before Christmas? Or were you like a traditionalist when you would say like, no, we got to open them Christmas morning? I, I think if any kid's honest with themselves, they obviously wanted to know what they were getting for Christmas as soon as they possibly could. Right, so like if the draft were tomorrow, I'd be really excited about that, but the traditionalist in me would be kind of bummed. I get you. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's talk about three new prospects to the draft miss list that you can find on Arrowhead Pride that were written up this week. And it's, you know, I think everybody until the Chiefs uh, signed their new safety, Robert Golden, uh, people were kind of waiting to see, like, when are the Chiefs going to make a, a move at the safety position? Um, I am one to believe that the most, you know, significant uh, move that they will make for the safety position is probably the draft. Um, and there's three new prospects to the draft miss list that would be excellent additions to the dra- uh, to the safety room. Uh, the first one is kind of a second round prospect. It's Ronnie Harrison, a safety from Alabama, 6'2", 207 pounds. Uh, Florida native actually has 28 starts under his belt already for Alabama. Uh I, I really like him in a variety of, of roles, Jake. Yeah, I think, you know, he might be one of those guys that we, he might be there, and he might be one of those guys that you kind of highlight and say he probably shouldn't be there, but he is. Um, he's he's good. Uh, he's I'm a big Ronnie Harrison fan. He always seemed to be, like, in attack mode in that Bama defense. Um, I'm not quite sure he's going to be able to do that in the NFL uh, just because he has so much talent around him, but I love his athletic ability. He's super springy. Um, I think he's a box-type safe but I think he's got upside. He's one of those guys that you kind of talk about. Maybe has upside as um, as, as a coverage type guy just because of his athletic profile. Um, wasn't really asked to do that a lot in college um, because he was always kind of around the line of scrimmage. He's he's one of those guys that like he, he flashes in the run game. Like he'll he'll absolutely flash on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked pretty comfortable covering tight ends in the slot when he was asked to do it. Wasn't asked to do it a whole lot. Um, but I'm I'm a big fan of him. I'm not sure. Um, he kind of got lost when you would have to play like deep quarters for Bama, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I he's he's kind of grown on me. He's a guy that's definitely grown on me. Um, the more I've gotten into his tape, uh, especially in coverage, you know, I think the more I, I get opportunities to watch him in coverage, I'm I come away more and more impressed. And um, I heard one. Um, one anonymous scout so take this for what it is but uh, one anonymous scout said that they liked Ronnie Harrison better than his teammate Minka Fitzpatrick which was a, a stunning development he's wrong for thinking yeah, that. I don't I don't think that's true um, but well that's you know anything you hear this time of year I feel like smoke you, screen you kind of just have to like think the opposite of it um, or not I oh, don't for know sure. that, but that seems that seems pretty ridiculous I remember like three three hours before the first round of the draft last year people were talking about how the chiefs were trying to trade up to get a linebacker yeah what i mean what a strong smokescreen that was because the chiefs were going to mortgage the future for hassan reddick i don't know um ronnie harrison though um i i think he fits uh for the chiefs in a lot of like different ways like i think he can play in the box i think he can play deep um i think he can cover tight ends and man coverage um and he's a physical player. Like that's that's something that I think the Chiefs need. Is he's a guy that can kind of set the tone on the defensive side of the football. That's something I think they they need to add to this group. And I do. I feel like he does get lost in the shuffle a little bit in this in this draft class because it's a deep safety class. He's in the he's he's an upper tier guy. Yeah, and he's, um, it's a very quiet process for yeah. him. I'm with you on that completely. It, it is kind of weird how how silent things have been with him. 
I think I mean he just kind of gets overshadowed in that in that Bama secondary with I mean they got four guys that are probably going to get drafted this year right. so like every year it seems like but and he's not uh, the flashiest of, and of players honestly either. I think Bama prospects can be boring sometimes because Absolutely. they're just good they're solid football players they're good um, guys don't always I mean guys don't always pan out from there but they've had a pretty good track record as of late so maybe maybe the Bama the Bama stigma there's almost like a stigma around like there's some level of concern slash um, curiosity if if he's a, a product of the talent around him or if he's just talented I right. don't know you know and I would err on the side of just saying he's talented you know I don't I don't always love that when people will say like well you know it used to be like the Penn State running backs or like Wisconsin running backs have always kind of had like a, this weird uh, thing about them like oh you can't take one because they never pan out um, but I think some guys from Bama especially secondary players like your Landon Collins uh, your, your Ha Ha Clinton Dix like, yeah. these guys have panned out recently um, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with him I, I don't have any issues really with him I know some people probably do um, he's not like a super flashy player he's not anybody that has like some dominant trait that you're just super impressed with I mean he's a pretty good tackler and he does lay the wood at times but he's not like a master of none though either because I would right. say he's, it's kind of a weird vibe there he's good at everything Right. But he's not great at anything. Right. That, that, that's exactly right. I have him as a round two prospect. Um, I would be more than happy to add him to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I think he could do a lot of really impressive things. Uh, another safety is uh, is Terrell Edmonds, six foot, 217 pounds from Virginia Tech. Uh, just recently turned 21. His name, his actual given name is Fedarius. Uh, Jake, try to spell that out of curiosity. Can you spell that? Spell anything like Fedora? Mm, close. F e d o a i r r i o u s. Never mind. Cl- not that close. Not even close. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, F e apostrophe d e r i u s. The apostrophe the, got me. That got apostrophe you. gets me every time. Uh, totally. Dang. Me too. Dang it. <laughs> um, he's got a he's got a brother in this NFL draft class. Oh, you, who's that? You might have heard of him. His name's uh, Tremaine Edmonds. He's a 19 year old linebacker that's probably going in the first 15 picks of this draft. Have you heard? I, have you heard of him, Jake? I, I've read a few things about him. Maybe a couple. Uh, both of them are great athletes both of them tested at a very high level um the relative athletic score for tremaine edmonds was well over nine which is uh, if it's a 10 point scale it just means you are a very good athlete um it actually gave him a bump on our grading scale um because of his athletic testing um i really like him um he's he's twitched up like he is yeah he moves well um like okay so like when the ball's in the air he he's like I, he's fun to watch because he's got super good recovery speed for a, for a, a, a safety sorry and uh he just, I mean, like some guys panic when the ball is in the air and they'll go run into a guy or grab a guy. He's so graceful with the ball in the air. I really appreciate that about him watching him. There were a couple plays um, where he actually, I mean, he, he deflected a pass that he probably, most safeties will get beat. And he's he's got great size too. He's 6'2". He's like, a big guy. He's 6'2 and can run and can move. He didn't. And look, he, didn't he looked smaller he on does. the field than what he actually is. I think is that's because he moves so well, yeah. honestly. And, um, and so like it's tough to get the ball over the top of him just because he, he kind of erases that stuff. So I really really liked him there um i think he can he can probably play some single high which would be really enticing for the chiefs yeah um, i don't know if he's ready to do it yet because i think he's more of a projection because he's got such athletic ability um but so one thing i really liked about against georgia tech if, if you know anything about georgia tech's offense like they run the triple option they'll run 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 run, run the veer. and then and they'll try to get you to bite and, and beat you deep and they tried to do it to him not once but twice and he didn't bite either time so i was, I was actually super impressed with that and it seems like a simple concept, but Georgia Tech wouldn't do it if it didn't work. And so um, they get these guys to bite on that. And so he was super disciplined in that. And I, I really appreciate that about him. Um, I like, you know, I, 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 a lot of the things like you're saying make a lot of sense to me. I think in the, the easiest thing I can say about him is I think his best football is ahead of him. Yeah. You know, he's still only 21. And it kind of is funny that a 21 year old has a younger brother in the it's draft. In the same class. It's rare. Like, like that's never probably going to happen again. Um, but I definitely think he's kind of still of a, a developmental guy. Like he still shows the ability to do a lot of th- different things, but I think it's just a matter of him growing into his body, filling and completing, like kind of finally growing completely into it. Um, 
and developing kind of the the nuances and some of the mental side of the game. And I love what I hear what, he, what I hear about him coming out of Virginia Tech because people talk about how he was he was the leader of that defense last year, um, which is always stuff you like hearing, especially about a, a position like that where you are going to be doing a little bit of directing back there. Um, and it's it's cool too because there's there's a lot of draftable prospects on that Virginia Tech defense. Um, so it's really good to see that that a guy like that can rise to the top. Well, the, the Clemson game for instance uh frank beamer the former uh head coach of the virginia tech Hokies, uh they they awarded i i don't know exactly the the entire backstory but basically um uh, Terrell Edmonds got to wear number 25 at the Clemson game, kind of in honor of Frank Beamer. It's some kind of award that that they are given, you know, kind of like, you know, how Temple, all their defense or their best 10, nine players wear numbers one through nine or something like that. His brother Tremaine got to do that this year as well, didn't he? I Maybe, probably. Because there was a couple games I was watching. I actually watched some of Tremaine's tape to watch Terrell's tape. I did too. And and there was a couple times I was confused because I was like, I think that was Tremaine, but it was 25. And yeah. then the same thing where I got, I had to go, I had to go look that up because I was like, well, where'd, you, where'd 22 go? Yeah. You know? No, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, high character guy, great athlete. I think he's still developing. He showed the ability. He's kind of, I think he's almost like as far as the role he plays, it's probably going to be similar to what you play with Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. I, I kind of see those guys as similar, not necessarily both good at the exact same things or develop the same way, but just how they would be used, I think are similar. Yeah. I have Ronnie Harrison, uh, with a higher grade. I think he's a lot better around the line. Of scrimmage. I, I do too. I have, but, a, thir- I have a third I round grade. Saying. I have a third round grade on, on Terrell Edmonds. Um, and he's a guy, if he's sitting there in, in round three, I, I, I definitely take a look at him. Yeah. Uh, even, even round two, like I, I understand why some people would be interested in him as a, as a round two prospect, just because I think there is some developmental upside there. Um, um, so yeah. he's, he's not a guy I'm going to be mad at mm-hmm. in the second round, but if he's if he's a third round pick, I'm going to be thrilled. Yeah, depends how the board falls. I mean, I'd be thrilled with either of the Edmonds brothers. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit here soon about how the board might fall potentially in a, in a way that could benefit the Chiefs here in a little bit. But first, we got one more draft miss list prospect to talk about. It's Jeremy Reeves. He's a 5'11", 204-pound safety from South Alabama. Uh, he was an unranked recruit. And uh, went went and got uh, got an invite to the Senior Bowl, and um, he's kind of a he's a day three prospect as a safety that he flashed to me on tape. Some Jake, what I, what did he uh, what did he do for you? I think his length may reduce him to a special teamer in the, at the next level, um, I, but I think if you take him on day three, that's a trait that's going to get him contributing on your team right away because I think he can be a very good one. Um, I love the way I love how aggressive he is. I love. Um, how he crashes the line of scrimmage. He is the type of guy that um, will absolutely just come up and kind of throw his body around. Uh, he played corner before he moved to safety. So he's and he still bl- plays nickel at safety, too. Like, yeah. he's, he comes down and plays in the nickel some, too. Uh, he played all over the place. Against Troy, he had a really awesome interception, too. Did you see that? Like, it was a really good focus interception. On where the it, tip was, ball? it was tipped. And yeah. he, I mean, that was, that was impressive. Uh, my, my favorite interception from him was uh, he was playing in a single high roll against Oklahoma State. Oh, no, he didn't have an interception on that play. He just made an incredible play on the ball. I yeah. digress. I lied. Um, sometimes with him, I feel like like one of my knocks, biggest knocks with him is sometimes I feel like he is reacting more than anticipating. Um, Interesting. I actually thought, I thought the inverse. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a couple, there's a couple of plays where like, um, like they're playing, they're running a smash concept. He was playing inside. He's playing the, he's playing the uh, number two receiver and they were running a smash concept and he anticipated the smash concept at the corner route and he actually was running the route before the receiver started running it. There was a couple instances like that. I was just like, oh, he's he's well prepared. I think he's kind of making up with some of his tightness in his hips and some of his lack of fluidity with with some good anticipation and film study. That was just, I mean, that, we might we might watch different games. You yeah. never know. Um, but I, I definitely agree when you talk about tightness in his hips. That was something that I kind of, I mean, yeah, he's a little tight. Um, not sure if he has great deep speed. Um, I don't. I haven't seen a forty time on him or any of his workout numbers. I don't think he was a combine invite. Um, for what is uh, he, he's all he's a type of guy that I feel like he would rather go for the kill shot than the interception. That is true, and I think uh, he's a little too aggressive at times. Yep. Uh, for, take take this for what it's worth. 
Uh, Jeremy Reeves is a guy that I was just looking through a list of prospects and I don't, for whatever reason, I just looked at his name and clicked on. I was like, I'll just watch this guy, this late round guy. And the only other play, the only other time I've ever felt that way about a player was in our fantasy draft, like six years ago before Julius Thomas had his breakout season. It was like round 29,000 or whatever it was. I was like, man, who's this tight end? Never heard of him. I might take him. And then I, I regret it. I still regret that to this day. So did I you think, not take him? No, you did that year. Oh, oh I, I think that was that year. And that you, was the year. That was the year that I actually, here's, I, I think I took him like during the Broncos game, like their first game of the year when he was actually playing well. Yeah, I was sitting in your basement watching that game and there's some bogus rule that you could pick up a guy midweek. I don't know. I think it was just a fluke. Like mm. the, the Yahoo app wasn't working properly yet or something, but I think I actually picked him up Classic. during the game. Classic can't getting lucky. Actually, hey, no. that's usually someone. That's not Come usually on. you in our group. Don't be hating on me now. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, uh, back to that play real quick. I should clarify. It wasn't an interception. It was actually just a play on the sidelines that he hit a he hit a guy really hard. Um, and I think he dislodged the ball on kind of a go route down the line. Of, uh, down the You tweeted that, I think. Uh, that's you, right. That's the play I used for uh, that's the, the play I used for the draft miss list. That's actually a completion. Was it? I remember seeing that and be like, why can't tweet this completion? I but he still he did, did make a good break I on the ball. Just, I, thought I mean, I saw the, the, the sideline official called it. They might have changed it. But it's such a it's such a bad gift. Like, no one will be able to tell anyway. No, now so, they do. As, just so you know, Jeremy Reeves, he definitely dislodged the ball, and it definitely wasn't a catch. Don't just, you know. just He still broke on the ball really it well. It was still so. impressive. It's the, I mean, the, the traits were there. Um, but we're going to pretend like he dislodged the ball because I – don't want to sound like but a bigger idiot than I already am. A day three pick, I think, is is, is a good investment. He's, he's a good investment for a day three pick. Because I think bottom line is you're going to have a guy that will be able to come in and contribute on your special teams right from away. day one. Tough, physical, aggressive. Uh, and, and, he, and he shows traits that suggest he may be able to start or contribute in a team secondary yeah. someday. And I that's day three, sixth, seventh round. A little, little, little positional versatility, mm-hmm. too. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's some stuff to like there. I have a round four grade on him. I have uh, six. Well, that's all right. Uh, I think, you know, day three, that's, you know, he's a he's a guy I'm willing to take a look at. Um, I'd be curious to see if, uh, if the Chiefs wanted to take a flyer on him. So this week, I set out to try and create the perfect scenario in my head for how the Chiefs could approach the 2018 NFL draft. Uh, I took a lot of things into consideration. I really wanted to try to, to make this something realistic. Like, obviously, the perfect scenario is for the Chiefs to get Saquon Barkley and Bradley Chubb and Mika Fitzpatrick with their first three picks. But that's not something that's going to happen. Um, so I, I, I set out to try to find a way to to um, set a realistic, perfect draft scenario. And I took it a step further. I actually, what I wound up doing is, is giving players uh, that I don't like that much that could go in the draft ranges that we keep hearing to AFC West teams. So I kind of basically punished the AFC West teams and gave the Chiefs a lot of picks that I would really like. Uh, the Raiders were kind of hard, unfortunately, because there's no 35-year-old draft prospects this year, uh, which was kind of disappointing because that's definitely a route I would have gone. How high is too high for Hayden Hurst? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like, the most the most Raiders pick for the John Gruden era would be taking Hayden Hurst, the 25, 26-year-old tight end uh, in the first round at, like, he's good, 10. I, he's, I mean, he's, he's not bad. Uh, I don't love him, but I'd love the I'd love the Raiders to take a guy that they're only going to be able to have productive for one contract um, but we did we, we gave we gave the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers players that were not high on it's kind of a way for you to see a little bit of all you guys to see kind of who we are aren't fans of we talk all the time about fans or about players we like but here's a chance for us to kind of talk about players we don't like uh, Jake I have given you I've given the Packers three different prospects I think you get three picks um, I'm not going to tell you who they are we'll just I'll, I'll let you kind of have that draft misreveal 
as it's you know kind of going along with everybody else. So um, we'll go ahead and get started. I'm not gonna. I did a hundred and a hundred pick mock. We're not gonna talk about all hundred picks. Dang. Oh man, I thought I was I was buckling up for that. No, I I don't want to like I, I I we want people to listen, right? <laughs> I mean, I, we'll we'll go over some of the most interesting picks, players that we don't like, players on the in the AFC West. Um, but there's also just some kind of some overall. Um, thought processes I have with the way, like how the board could play out that would most benefit the Chiefs. Um, and there's there's three kind of positions I would love to see runs on, what would really benefit the Chiefs. The first one's obvious. I, I, I think a, a great scenario for the Chiefs would be to have seven quarterbacks taken in the first 50 picks. And I don't think it's unreasonable. Mm, seven who's okay what are you talking about uh the kid from richmond too laletta yeah so if you go if you go rosen darnold allen baker mayfield lamar jackson rudolph mason rudolph kyle laletta yeah Uh, i've heard some people talking about kyle laletta as a second round prospect and some of those teams that maybe miss out on that first wave in round one, I could see a team taking him in the first 50 picks. Uh, there's, there's been some second round buzz for him. That That's a scenario that can make sense. Um, and then five offensive tackles. Uh, I think that's another place that, you know, if there's a run on offensive tackles um, that you could, uh, you could definitely see that that could really help, you know, push uh, prospects of, of positional need for the chiefs down the board. And when, when we were, in Indy, there was some buzz about five to seven offensive tackles going in the first round, which is stunning. I mean, I, I can think of I, I could think of five, um, but I couldn't like seven. But it, but it makes sense because there's always an Eric Flowers. Well, or, yeah, you know, a, I mean, guys, those guys get pushed up. If well, they think you can be an average offensive tackle in the NFL, you're a top your top 50 prospect. What does Orlando Brown do? Like, where does Orlando Brown go? Like if Orlando Brown goes in the, the first 50 picks, I'll be, I'll be doing backflips, you know, yeah. in, in the real draft. Um, so those are two places. That's 12 prospects. If we, if there's seven quarterbacks off the board in the first 50 picks and f- just five offensive tackles, the chiefs are in really good shape because that's only, you know, 30 something picks, um, or 42, that's 42, picks of positional needs potentially or maybe not even positional needs that that are getting pushed down the board it's it it could be a very beneficial situation for the chiefs um and then there's offensive guards so this is this this is where it's going to get interesting here because you know obviously there's there's some offensive guards on the draft miss list and there's there's offensive guards i really like um but there's also you know positions of need that I'm willing to sacrifice a run on guards in the first 50 picks to push a safety down the board you know like something like that potentially so uh, let's get started and kind of start profiling some of these picks uh, four quarterbacks go in the first four picks uh, the bills do wind up actually able to trade up with the Cleveland Browns um, and then it leaves us with the Broncos and uh, the pick and this is just wait for a second I'm gonna say this player and you'd be like why would you want to give this player to the Broncos and it's it's offensive guard Quentin Nelson uh, obviously he's he's one of the highest grades on my board but as far as a realistic scenario goes I think that they could potentially take Quentin Nelson and of all the of all the options I think that's the one I'd rather have. Like you're you're working really hard and you're working to protect Case Keenum, and I think there's other places that they could get and more they're, impact. They're essentially. essentially taking the top player in the in the draft, and if the four picks were in front of them are quarterbacks, they get to they get their pick of non-quarterback players. Right. So. I, I, I'm more worried and I'm more I'm more concerned with the impact that Bradley Chubb could give them. Maybe or, even Saquon Barkley, uh, Quentin Nelson. I, I think, you know, they're going to do all this stuff to help protect an average quarterback. Yeah. When you phrase it that way, of those three, if I'm a Chiefs fan, that's who I'd want them to take to because Barkley scares me. I wouldn't want to face him twice. I wouldn't want to face Chubb twice. A dominant guard is a dominant guard. But he's still but, a guard. Yep. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like, you know... Um, if if we're gonna have to pick one of these non quarterbacks to go to the Broncos, it's got to be Quentin Nelson. Um, the Raiders, I gave kind of in the similar vein. It's Tremaine Edmonds. I gave him Tremaine Edmonds, and um, mostly just because I mean, it, it, if 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 Edmonds stays an inside linebacker, yes, he's gonna make an impact. He's a good player, but it's just kind of the same line of thinking, like you know, at some point 
it's going to be a good player that goes there. Let's give them something that might or might not have the impact some people hope. Okay, Jake. Now I've got your uh, I've got your first draft miss present, and uh, at pick fourteen, it's an edge. It's Harold Landry. Yep. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. I did, that was, I mean, popular. It's, it's popular pick. You know, we talked we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about how you know Harold Landry might be a guy that could slip into the first or at the end of the first round. That might be a guy I'd be looking to trade up for with the Chiefs. But man, it's starting to feel like he's a tw- top twenty lock now yeah, again. Daniel Jeremiah had him at like twenty. I don't know what he was, but he was like in the late twenties. So it's just it's so weird to me because it's like, is there just a disconnect between the NFL and draft Twitter on this guy? And I, I kind of feel like there is. I think I think. I think the closer we get to to draft season and towards you know towards the actual draft, I think we're going to start seeing Harold Landry pushed back up boards, and I think it's already started to come in some places. Um, but yeah, Jake, uh, you've got a you've got a stud pass rusher who looks more like his 2016 self than he did his 2017. Packerland will be happy with that. Yep, uh, we we moved uh, one of the quarterbacks that you know I think needs to go off the board to benefit the Chiefs before they select is Mason Rudolph. Uh, I gave him to the Jaguars. There's actually, not- I like that fit actually with Mason Rudolph to the Jags. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't like Mason Rudolph. I actually, I don't not like him. I just think he's. I I I came away. I, I came away more impressed with him than I thought it would. Twenty years ago, he's. He's he's a, he's a top ten draft pick. Like he just can't move. Right. He's, he's just a statue. He's a statue, but he throws with t- timing, touch, and anticipation. He's tough in the pocket. Um, very accurate. Uh, I think he needs. I, I really hope, and I don't think we're going to have any issue with him being off the board before the Chiefs select. I think that's just a no. I think it's going to happen. That's something I'm very. I, just, confident I like that in. fit with that run game and that defense and that offensive line. I think that really could. Actually, yeah, it couldn't be. It wouldn't be bad, and I, you know, I, I think uh, he has a chance to to take over for Blake Bortles pretty quickly if you're not careful. Uh, I actually missed one pick, and that was the Chargers. I gave him Mike McGlinchey just for the sheer fact that some people are concerned that he may not be able to stick over at left tackle. He's yeah, and he's your classic like we were just talking about. He's going to probably be like an average offensive tackle in the NFL, and that's pretty valuable. So right. he's going to be a top twenty draft pick most likely. But you know, if the if the you know I'm, you're kind of banking on the left tackle experiment maybe not working, and that would be a scenario. I don't dislike Mike McGlinchey. It's just a guy that I. I I think as far as value for where they're picking, it's it's in the best interest of the Chiefs for the Chargers to take somebody like that. Um, and then the Broncos and uh, the Broncos and the Raiders pick back to back in the second round. I gave the Broncos Dante Jackson just a kind of a, a, a slight framed corner. And then I gave the Raiders Orlando Brown. Woof. Well, okay. I actually... Orlando Brown to the Raiders. I wonder if they don't do something like that because Orlando Brown's got the pedigree. He's a big mauler and John Gruden's doing things that don't make sense. So let's do something that kind of might be in play, but doesn't make a ton of sense. Right? Yeah. Just, uh, he's big. That's like his only, that's it. That's his his best trait. I have a fifth round grade on Orlando Brown and, um, this was before the combine. I just don't believe in him as a player. I know some people do. Some people just look at this big giant. I don't want to call him an athlete. Uh, I, I like, I thought he looked, I mean, there were times he looked like an athlete for how big he is, but I just, I don't know. After that combine, and I don't put a ton of stock into the combine, but when you're historically bad. Right. Eh, like at some kinda, point, the biggest, yeah. the biggest job interview of your life and you have one of the single worst performances for an offensive lineman in the history of the combine, like something's not right there. Either you're just that bad of an athlete and you're going to be leaning on being big being big like that that screams eric flowers and that's why i put him way down the draft like i i have a fifth round grade on him uh it's just i just didn't believe in him as a player um so uh the chargers were up at 48 and uh, cardinals at 47 well the uh, cardinals i gave him kyle oletta oh that's nice. just kind of where I. That's kind of I, I gave the Cardinals Kyle away. That was one note. I Going into your quarter, like there's your seventh quarterback. Yeah, there's your seventh quarterback. So you got you know you got seven in the top fifty. I think this is a completely reasonable scenario because someone that wants a quarterback in round two is going to miss on one, and it makes all the sense in the world for them to either trade up into round one to grab one of like the sixth or seventh quarterback, or just go ahead and invest with in one in, in the early second round. 
So that's just kind of a place that, you know, we want that to happen. Any quarterback that gets taken before the cheese pick, we should all be excited about. Same with tackle. I mean, you know, Brian, Brian O'Neill, Colton Miller, guys like that. We want those kind of guys off the board. Tyrell Crosby, maybe Jamarco Jones. I've heard some people say round one buzz or early round two buzz, um, which I don't buy. But, you know, those are two positions that that make a lot of sense for the Chiefs to um, to help kind of get selected. I gave the Chargers Malik Jefferson. Uh, I don't understand the love for this guy. Even his athleticism, I thought he was stiff. Malik. Yeah, Malik. That's his name. Like I, I don't get like I don't get the love for him. I put a round four on him. You know the the elite athleticism doesn't show up on tape. It really doesn't. And we've talked about him a little bit, haven't we? I mean, he's. He's a chase like my th- he's a chase linebacker that doesn't always chase. Yep. And if he has a clear lane to the running back, he will go make a tip tackle I don't like even, any other college football player. I'm not even sure he's like smoothing coverage either. Like yeah. I don't I he's fine. He's he's a fine football player, but there's nothing about him that screams special and nothing about him that I want to touch until the fourth round. Um so the the that was the Chargers at 48 and obviously the Chiefs pick at 54, but uh since we're we're talking about the ideal scenario, I think there is one trade that I am eyeing that could happen between the Chiefs or potentially or between the Colts, I'm sorry, and potentially the Browns. Um, work with me for a second here, guys. Um, think about this. The, the Browns and the Colts have prior relationships with the Chiefs, so they've got good lines of communication, you would think, between each other. And both of those teams have a glut of second round picks. Um, what if what if the Browns or the Colts trade out of their first round pick and try to accumulate more draft capital? Wouldn't it make sense for one of them to want to defer some of their draft capital to 2019? Maybe um, I think something that makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs to try to do if the Colts and Browns are in a situation that they can is to try to trade the Rams 2019 second round pick and pick 86 to one of these teams so that they can get another second round pick in this draft. What do you think about that, Jake? I hope everyone's got a paper and pencil and is writing that down because I'm a little... They traded what? For who? For who okay. they pick, Kent? Who they take? I'll tell you in a second, but I, I do think that's a logical... I think that's a logical move that the Chiefs could make is to try to use that 2019 second-round pick they got from the Rams in a third-round pick to get an extra second-round selection. And I was able to pull that off in the dream scenario with the Indianapolis Colts. We went ahead and gave them pick 86 in the 2019 second for the 49th pick. And so the Chiefs still have pick 54. They have pick 59. They have two second round picks. And I gave them with the first pick in the draft for them, Justin Reed, safety from Stanford. It's your guy. It is my guy. I, he's, a, he's, he's a guy I'm very high on. Um, I believe in him as a prospect. There's been some first-round buzz for him in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've seen that kind of slow down a little bit, kind of in that in that, 40, in that 40s range. Um, he's a guy that make a lot of sense uh, for the Chiefs to take, and it, he was the highest guy on my board at a position of need, so we went ahead and I saw I saw earlier today that the Raiders at 41 in that range are pretty interested in a safety and two names that I kept here and come up were Reed and Bates. If Jesse Bates goes to the Raiders, I'm going to be distraught. Yeah, that would, that so would not be the ideal scenario. Same either, with, either of those guys. Same with there. Justin Reed too. Um, Bates has just kind of been my son this whole draft process. But there's your first pick in the draft, um, and then the Chiefs come around at 54. And I think if they are able to pull off a move at 49, I kind of want them to try to trade back with 54 and get some more top 100 picks. Um, there's one scenario that makes a lot of sense to me, and Houston's first pick. 
uh, in the NFL draft isn't until the third round, the early third round, but they've got three third round picks. Uh, if they wanted to kind of get their first pick closer to the to the beginning of the draft, I think the the math works perfectly on the trade calculator, uh, the trade chart for the Chiefs to trade pick 54 for picks 68 and 98. So then the Chiefs would have 68, 78, and 98 in the top 100 to go along with pick 49 in this scenario. I pulled the trigger on that. Uh, is that something you would be interested in doing potentially, Jake? Yeah, I mean, they turned one pick in the top 100 to two picks in the top 100. And it kind of helps them recoup some of that that yep. capital they lost at 86. Um, it, I, this is this is my dream scenario. I, I really, this is absolutely my dream scenario. I don't really want the Chiefs trading into the first round. I think there's going to be value that falls in the mid-second round. And if there's a way that they can try to creep up into that space using the 2019 draft capital that they've accumulated. I mean, the Rams keep, they, they keep stockpiling talent on that team. I don't think it's going to be a low second round pick the closer and closer we get to the draft uh, or to the to next season. It just it seems like that capital uh, is going to be a high pick. Maybe just try to use and leverage that for this year. And then you get another prospect. So there's no wait. So wait a second. Um, I think I'm being denied one of my draft miss presents. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. This is like you had to you had to go to you had to go to grandma's house to open it. Yeah, my bad. Been waiting all day. I'm sorry, man. Uh, okay, it's a uh, pick 45, which was before the Chiefs season had a chance to select. Uh, you actually uh, you screwed the Chiefs over a little bit. It's a cornerback. You know what it is? A corner? Corner. CB. Who? Uh, I I don't know. How about Isaiah Oliver? You think he's gonna last that long? I I I do Mock actually. Draft, you're an idiot. No man, you're stupid. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Especially if you know in this dream scenario where the where the Chargers, Raiders, and and uh, yeah, no, I, I would be I'd be ecstatic about that. That'd be great. You know, uh, I, Landry not, and and Oliver and back. Uh, yeah, that'd be that's quite the draft miss. I'm two biggest you, needs. I'm, I'm hooking you up. Uh, I'm I'm trying to make up for for your bad date on Saturday. Thanks, man. I know. I got you. I got There's you. There's always the draft. I, I got you. Me through the day <laughs> yeah well and i i i'm honestly i'm starting to wonder if isaiah oliver is not a guy that winds up in that range maybe you know, there's so many guys well here's I the, guess thing. the kind of the emergence of like hughes and alexander and here's here's the thing about the draft man there's 45 first round picks i mean that's really what it feels like you know everybody you look at you go down the list like someone's gonna get pushed out of the first round that you don't expect someone's gonna get pushed to 54 that you don't expect it's just the nature of the draft and i'm not sure isaiah oliver's draft range isn't the 30 to 40 range maybe yeah i've seen him all over the place honestly a lot of people have different views on him and I guess that's that's my that would be my range. I guess I have a, a second round I have a second round grade on him, but I just feel like with his size, he's such a size and speed corner that sometimes those guys get pushed up. But I mean, I think his strengths a press scheme. So if there's not a lot of teams that want, yeah. you know, I mean, I, he's a guy that makes like I I think he's a guy that could fall in that range. Sure. I really do. Um, so there is no AFC West picks between the Chargers pick at 48, which was Malik Jefferson, and the Chiefs pick at 60. So we get to talk about another Chiefs draft draft pick here. And uh, I gave the Chiefs an edge prospect. I gave them a freak athlete. Uh, Josh Sweat. Ooh. Yeah. And That's two, I, two freak athletes, yeah, honestly. Reed and Sweat. Right, because Justin, Justin Reed tested well really uh, as well. Um, Josh Sweat, I, his, his, his arrow is pointing up for me. Um, if his medicals check out, I think this is the kind of range that he falls in, and I would love to get a crack at him at 68 in this scenario. He's your, yeah, he's an upside edge for sure. And in that range, if you can get a guy with that type of upside, yeah. There's a lot to work with there. Uh, so my dream scenario is, is bolstering the defense back-to-back picks with a really high ceiling safety that can come in. I think Justin Reed could start right away and then Josh Sweat uh, coming on the back end and playing edge and getting into some sub situations. I think it'd be a great, uh, great move. Uh, the Broncos at 71. I gave them a guy that will definitely not be on the draft miss list. It's Agbanya Akaronquo. Nah. Uh, edge from, <laughs> he's, a, he's a slow, slight edge from Oklahoma and he's a speed rush without real great speed 
Yeah. I'm just, I, 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 see. I just, I've never gotten it with him. There's some, like I try to, I try, I actually try to talk myself into Ogbo and I just, I couldn't do it. Um, I did too, because, um, you know, he shows some bends sometimes. Yeah, he did. But he's, yeah. There's just not a lot there. And I I feel like he's got a narrow skill set. Like, I think he's got to win with speed. And, boy, he uh, he didn't win with speed on in at the combine. Like, his no. testing was just so poor. It's like, you're trying to take a speed rusher that ran a 4.7. 4.75 or something stupid like that. Like, I just not. His, like, his three cone wasn't that great either, was it? No. I don't remember. It was just, I think he was just a guy athletically. Yeah. So, uh, his how he translates going to be interesting. Um, I am gifting him to the Broncos cause they need, you know, they need an average or a below average speed rusher. Uh, gave the Raiders offensive tackle Jamarco Jones. Um, I don't hate Jamarco Jones. Just, just not in the range that the, that people have been kind of grading yeah. him. I heard He's some, all right. Some first round buzz for him. Like I so haven't seen that in a while. I, I saw, I saw something, uh, this was an anonymous scout, but why would you be, if, if you didn't believe he was at least a fringe second, third round prospect, you're not talking about him in round one. Uh, someone said he was a first round prospect that wasn't getting enough love. And like, I think there's some traits to work with there in the pass protection, but like, as far as maybe there's your seventh, that's the seventh. That's one of those guys <laughs> that, that gets pushed up that him, you don't expect Tyrell, at all. Crosby, one of those guys, yeah. not a guy I'm looking for. Uh, so I, I don't, I think he's kind of like a fourth round grade. Jake, it's uh, it's time for a, uh, another draft miss present for you. Uh, at seventy six, uh, I gave you a wide receiver, Anthony Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I told you. I told you. <laughs> it's like when you open the present a little bit, and you know what it is, and you rip the rest of it open. Yeah. Yes. Well, I told you last week. Like I wasn't even going to give you a, a chance to grandstand hey. on here, but uh, he ran a four four eight and jumped thirty nine inches on like a broken foot. I, I don't care. He's twenty four. I know. Uh, I'll take him at fourteen. It, just, Anthony no, I Miller, he's like I like him. I just don't love him like Jake. Like Jake, like what do you have like a second round grade on him? Yeah. I think I have a third. He's good. I have um, a high second on him, though. I have, like, I have some concerns about his injury history, and he's an older prospect. Um, but Anthony Miller, he's explosive, uh, very explosive. He's got some. He's got some moments of just he absolutely impressive moments. Well, a lot of people think he's just a slot guy, and I think a lot of people thought he'd measure in at like five nine, including myself. But then he measured in at five eleven, like two oh two or something like that. Like he, I thought he could play on the outside at five nine. I, th- I think he can play on the outside now. He's got great feet. He actually is tough to jam. There's a GIF I saw of him today. It's a his, GIF. It's not a GIF. It's a GIF. The guy that invented it said it's a GIF. I don't care what that guy said he's wrong yeah, cheetos a chip uh <laughs> but i was watching it was mike hughes that he was playing against mike hughes an excellent press corner and he just he fights through it they both competed but anyways i won't talk i uh, my podcast the anthony miller podcast is on saturday mornings <laughs> you can tune in to that. <laughs> he's uh he's he's a good prospect uh i'm not as in love with him like what was your note what did you call him anthony brown oh sorry Antonio Brown Light. Antonio Brown Light. Yes. You just know, watch him. I'll, I I I'm willing to stand by that. I don't care how ridiculous people think that sounds. That I'm willing a, to stand by that. That's a hot take. That's a very very hot take. Uh, good for you though. I I do like him. He's, he's just he's just not as much as as Jake does. Um, okay, so it's time for the Chiefs to add a prospect now at pick 78, which is the, one of their original picks. And uh, how about a draft miss present for everybody else, Jake? We're going to add someone to the draft miss list right now, a guy we haven't talked about on Arrowhead Pride. We haven't talked about him on this podcast. And at pick 78, it is... Ian Thomas, a tight end from Indiana. Six, great pick. I oh, love him. 6'4", 259 pounder. He was at the Senior Bowl as well. And I know he's a guy that both you and me would like to see uh, on our respective teams, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, like... He's sneaky athletic, but not really. Like he was, he was a nine point two five relative athletic score, which is you're 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 creeping up on elite. But you, and the thing is, like it's, some people don't realize that because I don't think his forty time was yeah, like a four like, seven five. Yeah, but everything else was just outstanding. And it shows up, and you see him on tape. My favorite thing about him, and let me just say first, I would rather have Ian Thomas at this spot in the third round than I would ra- than I would have like Jacecki or Goddard in the second. Do you want to hear I, something? You want to hear something crazy, Jake? 
I have a higher grade on Ian Thomas than Mike Jasicki. Uh, I was late to Ian Thomas. I watched him in the last couple weeks or last week. I think it was last week. And I put a higher grade on Ian Thomas than I did Mike Jasicki. Wow. Actually, so did I. As as I'm sitting here looking at it. Um, Yeah. No. Yeah. He's um, and and why is because I think he's a better all around player. Yeah. Um, And he's like you could use him in 10 personnel, 11, 12, 13. I mean, you could keep him in line, split him out wide. He played outside receiver. He played slot. He played in line. He can block. He can. His route running ability is actually pretty good. I think Um, he might be. He might be the best, if not. Like one of the best, if not the best, route runners in the entire. They're just, I mean, he's two hundred sixty pounds. He's not as tall as the other guys. He's he's kind of pushing six four. He's six three and, and some change. Um, but the way he can drop his hips and change directions within his routes is nice. I mean, his feet are super good as well. He oh, one thing too about him, so he catches the ball. And some guys sometimes these big tight ends are like seem like lumbering when they have the ball. He gets the ball in his hands and like gets his hips flipped and gets upfield in a hurry. Um, he's fun to watch, man. I think he's um, I think he's a better. He can do more like as an inline tight end than Jasicki can. Uh, I think he's got some of the smoothness. He's not quite the athlete. But but he's a smooth route runner, similar to how you see, you know, how Jasicki moves down the field. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I have a second round grade on him. So yeah. getting him in the third round would be an immense value to me personally. I think his range is probably second or third round. Yeah. I uh, think with Jasicki or Thomas, you'd be thrilled with either of those guys. I, I, I really like both of them a lot. In round three, yeah. Either of these guys falling in round three would be would To be me, great. almost like Ian Thomas would be more fun in the Chiefs scheme. Just because when Jasicki's on the field, you pretty much know what he's. He's a big receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just do so much with with uh, with with Thomas and Kelsey. I think it probably Ian Thomas might. It's going to create different matchup issues uh, yeah. for defenses, uh, kind of because you got to you got to you got to take him more seriously as a blocker. Well, that's what I'm thinking too. Is I, if I have a young quarterback that's going to, and I'm, I'm going to maybe want to lean on my run game at, at points in this season, I'd rather have Thomas. Because yeah. he can still off, he's still going to be that safety blanket in the passing game as well. Um, I just, yeah, I really like that fit. I, I'm with you, man. Uh, I, I, he's a good player, uh, and he's he's not really getting talked about a lot. Um, he's he he deserves more attention than what he's getting, and he's another guy that I think would make a lot of sense for the Chiefs in round three. Uh, immense value where we're getting him. And so, uh, welcome to the draft miss list, Ian Thomas. You, uh, I, I, I really, I, I would be thrilled if you, uh, if you were a Kansas City Chief here in a few weeks. It's getting crowded with tight ends, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a position that makes a lot of sense for them to address. That's I, a, I like the tight end position this year. It's great. It's every, the more I like, like uh, we were talking about uh, this Schultz kid. If you haven't watched him yet, get, take a look at him too, because he's he's another type of guy that does more. Like he's kind of a pretty well-rounded tight end. Don I know Schultz. We, yep. So I, haven't, from, I haven't watched him from yet. Stanford. So if, if you're listening and want to watch another guy that, and I think he go a little bit later, um, but he's another guy that you're the second. I think you're the second person that's asked me about Dalton Schultz today. He's fun. He's another fun guy to watch. He's kind of, he kind of, uh, Struggled with uh, bad QB itis in college, um, but I think he he might flourish in the NFL. But he's not. We're not talking about him today, so it's all good. Uh, Mike Jasicki struggled with that with McSorley too, because I people talk Trace McSorley up at Penn State. I can't stand him. Uh, a couple more picks uh, to profile the Chargers. We gave him Andrew Brown. He's a defensive lineman from Virginia. Uh, I like him as a prospect kind of but just not where some people are valuing in the second or third round i think he's a fourth round type I think he's your classic boomer bust Absolutely. type guy we're he's uh he's a five-star recruit coming out top like one of the top recruits in the country just never really panned out at virginia asked him to two gap yeah um there and he was out of position his entire career there uh he's 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 a boomer bust prospect i think he's got a long ways to go so i would like you know maybe maybe the chargers are are banking on some athletic traits how many this is kind of a squirrel moment how many boomer bus guys really pan out um you know, if you can make a chart that'd be actually and we can't do it but if you can make a chart going back in time like oh classic boomer bust how I many think, of those guys boom i think it depends on the position yeah um like i like dentari poe 
he was kind of a boomer bust prospect. A lot yeah. of people said, you know, the production wasn't there. The, you know, uh, all the athletic traits were there, but everybody, you know, but like Darius Hayward Bay, I think there's, I think it matters at certain positions. It matters. It and doesn't, it, you know, kind of others, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. So he's a boomer bust prospect here. That's a little bit of a reach. That's, that's the kind of scenarios I'm kind of trying to cook up for the AFC West opponents. Um, and we have, uh, two more picks to talk about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, cause the chiefs obviously, you know, in this scenario, they traded pick 54 for pick 68 and 98. So I'm going to give you pick 98 here in a second, but first I'm going to tell you, uh, who the, the Broncos took at 99 and it's one of my least favorite prospects in this entire draft and it's i think it's kind of the bane of jake's existence too uh we gave the broncos duke dawson yeah he's bad (laughs) cornerback from florida uh kind of a slot only guy i think the only thing that he's good at is holding defenders or holding receivers i'm sorry and with that said He'll probably be an all pro in two years. Yeah, watch that happen. I don't, I just don't like him. I, I don't, I don't see what other people, you know, like I think early in the process, people were talking about as a, as a second round project mm-hmm. prospect. And like, I think maybe that's part of why I'm like, so like jaded on him is just because early in the process, people were touting him as better than he was. And then I watched, and I was like, this is like a fourth round guy. Yeah. He's just, he's just a guy. I don't know. I, I don't really like him that much. Uh, he's, bulky I, I, that's what that's what i think of when i watch him like man, this guy's clunky he's just yeah he, he's just okay um but we do have one final prospect to add on to the perfect chiefs draft scenario we've already got uh we've already got justin Reed safety we've got josh sweats and edge we've got ian thomas a tight end and so you've taken three really really good athletes so far yeah and actually i think that's kind of the i think that's actually a um i think that's part of what like the I chiefs taken into consideration as I well i think all three of those guys were above nine in their relative athletic scores they were and i'm not i don't think the guy i'm about to take was no and that's i'm looking at it now too and i don't think he is either but, but but the athlete. Chiefs do. The Chiefs do have. They pay attention to athletic testing. Like they, they, they take that into consideration. They normally take high spark scores, for instance. Like that's something that they do. Um, I think they were one of the highest like teams as far as taking spark players last year. Um, the last prospect is at pick ninety eight, and it's a guy we're all familiar with, and it's a lot of you guys like him, and I do too. Uh, we're taking a risk on Holton Hill. Holy Hill. There he Holy goes. Cornerback from, from Texas. That's a good spot for him. I think I, I think the I was talking to someone today about this. I don't know I don't know where Holton Hill's going. Like as far as as range, like it just it, there's so much uh, there's so much it's been so quiet throughout the process about his um, issues that I just don't under, I don't really know like what's gonna happen with him. That kind of the fact that it's been so quiet almost kind of scares me a little bit because it's almost like teams are just off him like they're they're not really raking the muck very much with him. You know, just, who, you know who else's process has been really quiet that has some concerns? Harden Key until today. Ugh, yeah. You know, uh, he he's another guy. Like, you haven't heard anybody talk about Arden Key. And, you know... Texas has had their pro day. Haven't they? I, they might I know have. this is the last week of them, but I haven't heard anything about theirs and usually do. So maybe they haven't. I don't know. I don't know, but it's been very quiet for a couple of those guys with some of those concerns. And that is concerning because I don't know where Holton Hill's going, but at 98, I'm taking the risk because I think he has a chance to, I think he could start at corner potentially this year. Yeah. And knowing, knowing what we know, 98 in that range, that's about where I start to feel comfortable with him. That's that's, it's the very top of my, um, comfort, probably about the top of where I feel comfortable based on what I know now. Now, if something could happen and we find some more out here in the future, good or bad, um, and that could that could change that. But this is this is kind of where I'm, I'm looking at him and I would love the Chiefs to kind of find a way to have four top 100 picks um, just because this is this is how you are able to take a risk. You know, you, you've got more top 100 talent accumulated. Now you have more flexibility to take a risk and you still got, you know, in this scenario, you still got picks 122 and 124 coming. Um, so I, I would be very, uh, I'd be interested in Holton Hill in this range.
one more piece of business left, Jake. Scouting term of the week. We already gave him a dating term of the week. I think we got to do scouting as well. Yeah. Dating and scouting, similar. Kind of, I, I, actually, I want to hear you try to... I want to hear you explain this analogy. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't get it, but you know, uh, heavy hands, uh, bubble, da- dancing uh, bear. <laughs> oh, bubble. Uh, oh no, no. that's bad. Uh, well, I said ghosted. That's maybe that's maybe there's a correlation there. Hmm. I'm just having a realize uh, a moment of okay. self. Yeah, worth. Okay. <laughs> uh, the scouting term of the week is stack and shed, and that is basically when you hear someone can stack and shed. It's like a linebacker that can basically use their length and stacking them would be basically extending their arms, keeping the offensive lineman off of them. And then obviously shedding them would be uh, getting rid of the, the blocker and making a play. So something that Malik Jefferson is really bad at. Yes. He's not good at stacking or shedding. And uh, I, I, we've really been hard on Malik today, but it's just another example. Easy target, easy target. Uh, Speaking of ghosted, um, <laughs> Where's who's Manti Teo play for? Oh no! Because uh, I'm thinking he was pretty good at stacking and shedding in college. What, you know what I mean? Was he? Is he with the Chargers still? No, he's not. But I can't remember who he's with. Remember when you had that? <laughs> that was like your first tweet that blew up. Was <laughs> I? Uh, it's too easy. Poor guy. I, 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 I have a confession. I'll I'll just tell the story. Um, yeah, probably like one of the most viral tweets I've ever had in my life was when Manti Teo's thing happened and I put a picture of him on the internet basically just by himself and saying, here's a picture of Manti Teo and his girlfriend. Like ESPN? No, someone no, picked it up, didn't I, they? I don't know. I just, there was, it was like a, like, I, no joke, I think I got 500 retweets. Nice. Which was nuts. It was really, it was weird. That's going to do it for us here on the AP Chiefs Draft Show. Make sure to follow Jake on Twitter at Jacob Morley. You can talk Chiefs uh, Draft with me on Twitter at Kent underscore Swanson. Make sure you are listening to the Chief in the North podcast on Monday, I guess. Uh, for, for, you know, for the most handsome person on the AP Chiefs Draft Show and myself, the least handsome, I'm Kent Swanson. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us. And... Uh, We'll be back next week. See ya. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.